Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you. I say it's good to see you. I, I was laughing earlier. We were, we were singing Rescuer. He's, he's, he's beauty for the blind man. My, my eyesight's really going. I really need to go to the opticians. The, the, the words were just far enough that I, I, I needed the glasses off. And, and the, the, this stuff here was so that I needed them on. So thank you for bearing with me when I got the words wrong. Oh, bless you. It's so brilliant to see you. And thank you so much for those who prayed out loud. It's really moved my heart. Thank you so much. And, and I know all of you are praying inside your heart because you know and love the Lord. So bless you. Um, yeah, so this one's good, is it? Got something there? I'll give you a chair as well. So just, would you want to you can come up, have a seat for a minute? Oh, you all know me, don't you? I don't have to introduce myself, do I? Um, but just, just briefly, um, this is going to be a little bit more of a monologue than, than, a, than, a, than a finessed sermon, I'm afraid, today, because um, we've been a tad busy of, of the last week. Um, we took our first two foster children on... Um, what day is it? I don't even know what day it is anymore. I think it was Thursday morning we took them, and that's why Jenny's not here today. I'm so sorry. She's so sorry that she can't be with you. I've left her with two one-year-olds. <laughs> so she looked at me with that look as like, please don't leave me. <laughs> but we were also here because Nathan, Nathan, actually no, Nathan's in the army in Rutland. He, he doesn't live in Solihull anymore either, but um, Nathan got an award yesterday for his carpentry skills. So... Well done, you. We're so proud of him. Um, Nathan did a carpentry course just before he went into the army, so um, he wasn't able to join in with the, with the celebrations that, 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 we, that they invited him back for today. Obviously, COVID got in the way as well, so we were really... Jenny was gutted to, to miss that as well, obviously, but we, I, we, I was really pleased to represent her. And he was brilliant. He got interviewed and got given a certificate and award. And it was really moving as well. There were lots of, lots of young guys... You know, not maybe not as privileged a, a position as Nathan in many ways, but the, the work that, um, that I know Joe and Ruth are involved with. Um, um, I'll get the name of it: Building for Hope, Build for Hope. Um, do with so many young guys is, is really a, a blessing. And Kevin, who runs that, he, he deserves our support. I know we've we've raised some money for him selling Christmas cards, the, the, the Christmas cards you made yeah, previous years, and the carol service money went to them as well. So well done, you for supporting that as well. Thank you. Um, so yeah, no introductions, but yeah, ap apologies really. Um, I'm feeling a bit exhausted, but not as exhausted as Jenny is after last night, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, so prayers, prayers will be appreciated, but um, you know I love you and, and I can't miss an opportunity to come and see you when possible. And, and thank you for moving things around as well, because I was meant to be pretty for you over the internet, but I said, oh, I'm coming up this week, so can we, can we do this week instead? So thank you so much for that. I was given a, a sharing your story um, theme. Uh, I gather this is first week of three about sharing your story. Second week, you had... Second week of four, hey, bonus. Um, and, uh, you know, as I read this, I, I thought, this is so rich. You know, Philip's story is, is so short, really. We don't know much about him. And I, I guess in my head, I'd always thought that Philip was kind of the, the, the disciple Philip. But the, the, you know, and I think that the two get merged together. But the more I read it, the more I'm thinking, 
No, this guy, in a very short period of time, has a huge impact. And so, apologies if I, if I don't say much about, if I don't share much of my story in this, but you know my story. Hopefully you get the blog somehow on, on, the, on the hub, um, so you know what's been going on with us, and I've just given you an update of the most recent stuff. Um, uh, there'll be another blog coming very soon. So I, I really want to concentrate on Philip's story, and I'm going to let the passage do most of the work. So that's why Nathan's here. He's going to read some quite chunky bits of, of, of scripture for us, and they're going to come up on the screen there in a, in a moment. Um, but don't worry, the amount of, 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 um, of uh, Bible is not proportional to the amount of speaking. So I'm not going to speak for two hours off the back of all this. I'm just going to just bring some salient points, um, hopefully, that will be relevant to this. But I really want to take a deep dive into Philip, because I think he's such a fascinating character and it's worth taking our time. Now, we first meet Philip in Acts chapter 6, don't we? Um, and Nathan's going to read that for us first. Acts chapter 6, verses 1 to 6, and it's going to come up on the screen. In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Greek speakers among them complained against the Hebrew speakers because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on the tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to the prayer and ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. Fabulously, Ray, thank you. Have a, have a seat for a moment. You'll be back up in a minute. Ah, oh, brilliant. So that gives you a, a bit of an idea of, of what Philip is like. And, and the reason that I say I don't think he is um, the, the, the disciple Philip, um, you know, the, the, the apostles, who the disciples became, change of, change of job title there, um, shows these, these, these people to, you know, basically look after the foreigners. Um, now, apologies for, for us, you know, um, for uh, saying that, but you know that people, you know, from different cultures, you know, were, were sadly looked down upon, as as still is the case now. And we obviously want to fight against that, and we want to, um, you know, and we want to treat everyone as equals, don't we? And we want to bless everyone. But you know, even in the fledgling church, the Greek speakers were being prejudiced against in comparison to the Hebrew-speaking widows. They weren't being, being treated fairly. So the disciples picked these, these the apostles picked these guys to help make things right, make things fair. And that included Philip. We learn one thing really important about Philip there, don't we? That he is full of the spirit and wisdom. Now, I don't know about you, but I've seen a few job descriptions for catering managers. And I've never seen full of the spirit and wisdom on there. I'm sure, have you, have you seen that ever on a job description? So, you know, I mean, this is us, isn't it? This is the church, you know. The full, being full of the spirit 
And, and being as wise as you can possibly be in the spirit is not an exclusive role for you know the preachers or the you know the people who might be looked upon more highly, which you know I, you know I don't think is right. Everybody is called to be full of the spirit and wisdom, and and and, and humility as well. That's another thing you learn about Paul here, Peter. Get the right P, Philip here that. You know, he's full of humility. He could have said, hang on a minute, I'm full of the spirit and wisdom. Why are you asking me to feed these foreigners? But no, you know, full of the spirit and wisdom means I want to put things right when they're wrong. So that's the kind of guy we, that, that Philip is. Okay, we've got a bit of background. Chapter 7 as we know, goes on to talk about Stephen, the first person mentioned in here, and what happened with him. But then we move into chapter 8, and we move and we hear a little bit more about Philip. Thank you. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many were paralysed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in the city. Fabulous. Thank you again. Take the weights off. That's it. Okay. So, pretty soon the church is attacked and scattered. But when the going gets tough... Thank you. <laughs> Philip heads for Samaria. Okay. I always feel like saying... Couldn't you be more specific than some area? <laughs> Seriously, you know enough Bible stories by now to know that when you hear the word Samaria, you know it's significant, don't you? You know, we've, we've, um, we learn through that, those stories like the Good Samaritan um, and the story of the, of the Samaritan woman at the well that the Samaritans are the marginalised. They're the Greek-speaking widows. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, who live next door. They're the marginalised, they are foreigners, they are despised by the mainstream religious. And exactly where the true church is called to love and serve. You know what, if you want an easy option, Philip, don't go to Samaria, that's hard work. So Philip starts sharing with those foreigners about the amazing Messiah and the amazing community that God is building up. So amazing that the devil is trying to destroy it. Now we've already seen that he is full of the Spirit. When you're full of the Spirit, what happens? No surprise. That same st Spirit starts to infect others. But, but the opposite of infection, if you like, starts to heal others. You know, maybe some crazy things, some things that people weren't expecting. But you know what? We're all a little bit crazy, aren't we? Let's, 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 be, let's own crazy. Let's be proud of being a little bit unusual because 
We worship a living God. People are healed and there is great joy because of Philip's openness and his obedience. So we've learned two things so far here, haven't we? That he is full of the spirit and wisdom and he is full of openness and obedience. You got a text? <laughs> Paul, you got a text? <laughs> um, so yeah, great guy so far. Let's read a bit more. Acts chapter 8 now, verses 26 to 40, which is the real passage that I was asked to preach on. <laughs> now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasuries of the Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah, the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. And the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and travelled about, preaching the gospel in all towns until he reached Caesarea. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Absolutely. <sighs> so, Philip gets orders to go south now. He's, 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 gone up, he's gone up north to Samaria and now he's gone down south. And all that preparation beforehand, he's, he's, he's been working with these Greek-speaking widows. Then he goes up to Samaria, works with some more people from another culture, from another nationality, from another background, another outlook. He's preparing him for this next stage. And wow, what a stage. He's bumped into somebody who actually is quite a big cheese, isn't he, the, uh, the, the, this guy, this Ethiopian. He's in charge of the Ethiopian royal treasury, which actually, you know, must have been quite important. He's, but he's also able to get a good chunk of annual leave, isn't he, to make a, to make a pilgrimage to, uh, you know, Jerusalem via Gaza. So... Quite an important guy, someone, wow, strategic, someone, you know, maybe 
maybe you know for this very moment to, to quote um, the beginning of uh, of the Gospels um, with Mary for this for this uh, such a time as this Philip has been prepared to share the word with someone who's going to take it to the whole of Africa. Wow, what an opportunity! But Philip, you know. Philip, he's, he's, he's gentle, isn't he? He just comes alongside and he just, he just, you know, just, you know, doesn't rush in, doesn't go in like a bull in a china shop. And I don't know, you know, I don't know what he picks up, but actually we've talked about one side of, of this Ethiopian's um, situation that is quite important. He's, he's got a good job, he's got good, you know, good, good annual leave. But that all comes at a price, doesn't it? Because he is a eunuch. Now, this is the second time we've encountered the concept of a eunuch in the New Testament. Back in Matthew chapter 19, Jesus raises the subject in a discussion about marriage and divorce, doesn't he? Um, which, you know, I, I don't know, maybe he just did it to spice things up a little bit for his listeners and, and you know, get them, get them going off on a tangent. But, you know, it was an, it's an interesting thing to read in Matthew chapter 19. I'd recommend it. You know, but by Jesus' definitions, eunuchs are a class of people who don't take, who don't partake in heterosexual marriage, either because they were born different, or because they were made different, or because they choose to be different. Those are the three categories that Jesus uses. But whichever, they are still very much part of the family of God. So Philip has got, wow, Philip has, has been sent to reach out to someone who is probably so unlike him, it's, it's unbelievable. Different nationality, different status, different sexuality, different, you know, everything about him. He's also, you know, this guy's also a slave, you know, at the end of the day. He, you know, he can't just do a runner. He, he is responsible to, to that queen and... and um, so in every way, you know, he fulfills that. There's that, old, um, there's that old prayer that rabbis used to pray around the time of the New Testament. I'm sure you've heard it before. They used to wake up every morning and their first prayer was, I thank you, God, that I'm not a foreigner, I'm not a woman, and I'm not a slave. Um, which is an awful prayer, isn't it? And I'm glad they don't pray that anymore. Um, but, you know, the, the, our, our friend here that, that, that Philip's been, been called to reach out to, it ticks, you know, a lot of those boxes. And folks, as I said, I don't want to go on about what I'm doing and how marvellous I am and, and, you know, what kind of, you know, amazing outreach I'm doing because you do this already. This is, this is you know, feeding the hungry up at, uh, at the crossroads. Up in Birmingham, this is this is um, you know working with the uh, asylum seekers that you've, you've done. Um, this is just talking to neighbours. The more and more diverse this area gets, this is this is you know your everyday interactions, isn't it, with people who are so different to you but are still loved by God and still you know called to be to be in His family. And as a church, that'll be a challenge to us as we as, as you rebuild and as you grow again. That God's going to bring people in that are so different, and 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 you know we've got a you know I know you're in a lot of discussions about how you, you you've got to do things differently, and I don't think there's there's anything wrong in that. I've, you know I've I'm still a member. I'm still getting everything that you're 
um, talking about still and still praying for you and with you for that. And, you know, I think you have got to, you know, to be welcoming to people, you have got to change, haven't you? You've got to just not do token gestures of, of sort of cultural difference. You've got to be open and embracing. And that, that costs, doesn't it? So, you know, you're in my prayers, folks. The Ethiopian was reading Isaiah chapter 53. Philip knew it well. You know, it doesn't, it did obviously, to us, we, we've had, we've had a hundred, well, not a hundred, well, not that old. Uh, we've had 30 or, you know, 30, 50, 60, 70 Christmases and Easter's to, um, to be reminded that Isaiah in chapter 9 and 11 talks about the coming Messiah. And then in chapter 53, you know, he prophesies the, the, sacrifice, the sacrifice that that Messiah will make. We, we, we take it for granted now. We know it really well. But, but to them, it must have been totally fresh, mustn't it? You know, to Philip, you know, in that community. Oh, wow, that's what Isaiah was talking about. So, you know, it's, it's you know, like I say, fresh. And to be able to share that with someone, he must, have, he must have been filled with so much enthusiasm. No, no, let me tell you, you know, you've read this and you didn't understand it before. And we were the same. You know, I, you know, I wonder who Isaiah's talking about there. It doesn't, it could be David, it doesn't really tell them. It could be, you know, it's Jesus. The guy that, that the Romans crucified, but he came back to life again. And Peter, uh, Philip does it in such a gentle way, doesn't he? It's really in the spirit of 1 Peter chapter 3, isn't it? Just be ready to give an answer to the, for the hope that you have. You know, you, you, you don't have to call yourself an evangelist. Just be ready to gently say, you know what? That, 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 that need that you recognise, it is fulfilled in Jesus. That question that you have, that thing that you read that you didn't understand, it's Jesus. Philip is a brilliant textbook case. He's, he just, you know, just gently goes about his business. You know, back at the start we read how he humbly just took the role that was offered to him. He served in obedience. But when the time came, he stepped up and just gently shared the gospel. And who knows how far that gospel spread throughout Africa. Who knows what a little word from you can do to grow the church, to bless the lives of many. So in chapter 6, we learn it helps to be full of the Spirit and be wise. Let's, let's pray for that. Be full of the Spirit and be wise. In chapter 8, oh sorry, also in chapter 6, we learn that we're never too full of the Spirit or wise, that we no longer need to get our hands dirty and serve people who aren't like us and love them. You know, and love one another as well. What was, what's the greatest commandment? What's the new commandment? Love one another as I have loved you, Jesus said. Let's love one another. In chapter 8, we first learn, you know, when the going got tough, the tough got going. 
when Saul began to destroy the church, the faithful didn't give up. Don't give up, people. Don't give up, my friends. Things are hard. Hang in there. But don't wait for top-down orders. Don't wait for some evangelist. Don't wait for the next Billy Graham. God has put his wisdom in you. Oh, look, Alton, I'm so praying for you. Thankful that you are here as a faithful witness in Alton when others feel you know, that they need to move on. We pray for them too, don't we? And then in chapter 8, 26 to 40, we learn the fruit of being faithful, of being obedient. We learn that the message can be taken on throughout Africa, throughout Alton, throughout Birmingham, through just a little bit of faithfulness. So Alton, please keep on welcoming the unwelcome. Please keep on being open-hearted. Please don't despise anyone. Excuse me. Give your all for the kingdom of God. And don't be discouraged by those who don't understand. Let's pray. Would you like to stand with me if you feel comfortable as we pray? Father, fill us with your spirit and wisdom. We realise there's no shortcut to that, but we dedicate ourselves anew to the task. May your word come alive to us afresh. May our home groups be inspiring and spiritually nourishing communities of fellowship and grace. And make us willing to sacrifice ourselves and our time for one another. May all who see us, in the words of the old hymn, know we are Christians by our love. And Lord, we are hard pressed on every side, but we are not defeated. Give us hope and strength to break through this oppression and come out the other side better, wiser followers of Jesus. Finally, Lord, use us to share your love with the marginalised and the disenfranchised. We thank you for all the ways that the people in this room and those connected with this church are already doing that. Lord, bless your witness in Alton, we pray. May we see many come into a lasting and meaningful relationship with you through non-judgmental, loving interactions with us. Folks, let's not rush away from this moment. Please take this opportunity to pray. Pray quietly or follow on, pray out loud. Or ask the person next to you to pray for you. Or just, just stand. And uh, in a couple of minutes, I've got a little response song to sing as, as we welcome the kids back in. Um, but let's just take a couple of minutes just in prayer, if you, if you don't mind.
beer gels. Because the beer gels are yeah. a place where people can find refuge. Yeah. Without fear of being deported yet again to another country. Yes. Lord, I think of the desperate plight people are in, which drives them to the most scrutinously English channel. Lord, we will just really lift to you our country, we lift to you our government. And we ask you, Lord, would you be bringing justice? Oh, man.